You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, we'll take a reading this morning from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, and we'll read from verse 1 to 14. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cyrenus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord that his word will find receptive hearts, will find my heart receptive, that this Christmas season will be a remarkable one for me, that I will not remain the same. Memorials are meant to remember, they are meant to reinforce that meant to empower, that meant to revive. That as we celebrate this Christmas, that my faith will be revived. My assurance of whose I am, who I believe, will be reinforced. That the work that Christ came to do and the whole earth will be accomplished in me as a person and everywhere that I have influencing. Lord, do this by the entrance of your word. The words you speak to us that are spirit and are life. Let this word be spirit and life. And by your Holy Spirit, we know this is done for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, quite a few meditations. And um, as it is, seasons like this, there are so many things that, you know, we can, so many angles that we can look at it, but we just want to be where God is, praise the Lord, so we can get the maximum benefit that he wants us to, you know, get from this season. Christmas, as a festive period, comes once a year, but truly for the Christian, Christmas is every day, praise the Lord. The songwriter, Buchi sang and said, when I wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. How does that song go? Each and every day is the day the Lord has made. I will give thanks and praise to the Almighty Jah. Okay? So truly, for the truly born-again Christian, he's born afresh in our hearts every day. Hallelujah. The Bible says, night unto night revealeth forth knowledge, and day unto day uttereth forth speech. So every day we wake up, there's a revelation, there's a dimension that God wants you to walk with him. Hallelujah. It says the path of the justice as a shining light. What does it do? It shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Amen. So as we look at this text, and um, I want to try to pick it up before we go too far. 
I want us to see something that is very, very important here, especially for those of us who are, you know, in this part of the world at this time. The first thing I want us to see is that your location, our location is known by God. Praise the Lord. See what they told us here. He said it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world, the world there was referring to all that were under the Roman Empire should be registered. Now, God had an intention for Joseph. Praise God. Joseph had to relocate with his betrothed wife, Mary, to Bethlehem. And how did God do it? He didn't come to Joseph himself and say to Joseph, get up and move. He instructed the ruler of the empire and said, make a decree that everyone should return to their place of birth for a census. So in the news, what was in the news is that we're all traveling for what? A census. But in the agenda of God, Joseph was traveling to fulfill prophecy. I pray that no matter what is going on in our time, in our generation, that you will fulfill prophecy in the name of Jesus Christ. So if you're jabbing, if you're staying, whatever it is, don't be confused with there is never a general situation with God. Are you with me? It says a decree went out from Caesar that all the world, it said this census first took place while Kerenos was governing Syria. He became more localized. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now, verse 4 said, Joseph also went up from Galilee. This was God's intention. I pray that you and I will journey to our Galilees. No matter how bad, no matter how good, no matter what is happening, that we will not miss divine positioning. You are actually not blessed because the place is good. You are blessed because you are where God wants you to be. Praise the Lord. And sometimes where God wants you to be may not appear to you to be a good place. But you see, as we are reading the records now, you will agree with me that what Joseph did fulfilled thousands of prophecies. In fact, in particular, if you can put for us Micah chapter 5 verse 2, we see the prophecy that was fulfilled. He said, but you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel who's going forth from of old, from everlasting. So Joseph moving with Mary was fulfilling a prophecy. This prophecy is over a thousand years old. Now, I don't know what God has written concerning you. I don't know all the things God has written concerning me. But my success is measured to the tune that I keep faithful to what is written concerning me in the name of Jesus. You see, you and I are truly advantaged, you know, we're truly privileged to be in the time that we are. We have the book to read, we have, you know, technology, we have a lot of things to look at. Now, if you live in our world and you read this story now, everybody that functioned in this environment, that immaterial to us now, only those that fulfilled God's agenda. Whether they were rich or poor is no longer material. If someone was rich then, probably he had houses. Imagine if he inherited a house that was built 2,000 years ago. How many of us often see the picture where they show us the first story building in Nigeria? How many will want to receive that house as a blessing? That was almost like a curse. But it was the first story building. So it's just there as a historical you know, reference. But anybody who fulfills God's purpose in time and eternity will matter. I pray you and I will fulfill God's purpose in the name of Jesus. Okay? Another thing we want to pick from here is that he went to be registered with Mary, who was his, you know, betrothed wife, who was with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Okay, I want to ask you a question this morning. Now, do you think that Mary's uh, time for delivery um, came accidentally? Do you think God knew the day of delivery? You're sure? Are you very sure? God knew that on this day, you know, Mary will put forth Jesus. You're very sure. Now I want to ask you a question. If God knew the date, read on, verse 7. Okay? And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Read the second part for me. So God did not make provision 
for where his son was going to be born. He didn't make reservations. Children of God, there are some things you're killing yourself about now that are not necessary. The king of kings was to be born. And God did not send a party ahead to clear up everywhere and make a befitting, you know, the language in our world now is befitting. Befitting welcome, befitting introduction, befitting whatever. They didn't make any such thing for him. And yet he was born. You see, God is about purpose. Is someone listening to me? A lot of things you're killing yourself about now and you're shouting to God and crying. Heaven is just waiting for you to grow. I heard one baby crying here now. I bet you they haven't changed much about that baby. The baby will cry, exercise his or her lungs, and then sleep. And then as he grows and matures, he will cry less for such things. Some of us will grow this Christmas season. You will stop crying for what you shouldn't cry about. There's no room, there's no room, there's no room. They don't need room to give birth to a child. We live in a world, even in refuse uh, dorms, we see mad women. No antenata, no postnata, no counternata, none of the natals. <laughs> and babies are being born. Are you getting me? And they survive. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> they said only one thing is what? Needful. You see, when we understand God, life will be sweeter for us. He said, I'm serving, I'm doing this, and nobody's acknowledging me. You don't need anybody to acknowledge. How does somebody acknowledging you help you sweeping the floor? You did something in God's house, and you're discouraged because nobody's acknowledging. Is that part of the assignment? You did it, you've done it. Submit the assignment. I don't like the way they spoke to me. And then, who are you following? You say you're following Jesus. The Bible says when he was reviled, what did he do? He did not revile in return, but he committed them to the one who judges justly. Praise the Lord. He said, I should let you know that nobody who looks at the Christmas story, you know, meditatively and allows the Holy Spirit to open his eyes, will not see that God does not work miracles indiscriminately. Indiscriminately. You see, the desire and the penchant for miracles in our time is not of the Spirit of God. Once, Jesus proved to us he could walk on water, isn't it? How many times did he walk on water? Once, in the middle of the night. Do you know Jesus could have had that definition for him? The man that walks on water. He'll say, James, Peter, all of you enter boat. When they start going, then he's just going. Because God, <laughs> God is omnipotent, right? But he's not indiscriminate. His power is not manifested indiscriminately. I thought about it. The Holy Spirit was asking me, I said, if I were God, I would just come to the end. Everybody there will run away. They'll just hear a sound, something. They'll all run away. Then there'll be room for my son to be born. But he didn't do it. And he could have done it. You know why? It was not necessary. And what's the better side of it? He said to me, because of the things that you think are your problem, they are the things that locate you more in the center of God's will. Now, let's think about it. A lot of people travel, just like it is now. If you go to the parks and anywhere people are, there are so many people, and there will be pregnant women. So if you go to ABC Park, if you go to the airport, I'm sure it won't be one pregnant woman you'll see. So assuming that it was at the end that Jesus was, you know, uh, uh, delivered, and all of that happened, when the angel announced to the shepherds, how would they describe Jesus to them? How would they know which one is Jesus out of all the five babies that were there or six or ten? How would they know? It was the very thing that was like a problem that was the uniqueness that enabled prophecy to center and say this is the one. You say you're going to find in the manger a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. That is the king of kings. You see, the desire... For looking like everyone is what is taking you out of the blessing of God. You just want to be like others. Like the nation of Israel. God wanted to be their king. And they wanted to be like other nations. Some of us are about, you know, people are coming to marry. But you want your, the person proposing to you to be like the other people. 
A long, many years ago, a friend of mine, you know, very close friend of mine, wanted to get married. And we say this person, say, no, it's not like Mommy Chi. This person is not like Mommy Chi. Finally, he actually married someone, you know, yellower than Mommy Chi. Let me use the word. And the marriage didn't last up to four or five years. Who knows, maybe God's design for him was to marry someone as yellow as this speaker. You know, you want a husband that is tall, dark, and handsome, and beats in the night. God's purpose, let me say God's purpose. May I have a desire. You know, last Sunday we talked about family. When the world was good, the beauty of belonging to a family is that when you belong to a family, you're satisfied with what your family is. This is my family. It's your greatest joy. You don't sit in your family and look at the house there and say, I want my house to... No, family is family because everything that you truly need, the Bible says all that pertains to life and godliness, God, everything that you really need, you know, God puts it for you in your family. The problem is when uh, Ojikoko, Abi Ojikoro, uh-huh, enters, you now start looking here and there. That's where the trouble comes from. Let me tell you, if you have never slept with air conditioner, you really don't miss air conditioner. Do you know that as you can see now that I have a cold, I still can't sleep without air conditioner. It's wahala. Do you understand? So God, let me say God is good. We are more satisfied and more blessed than we know. But the problem is that our eyes are going to the wrong places. Look at the birth. We are celebrating Christmas. Look at how humble the birth of Jesus was. And this is God with limitless uh, resources, with limitless power. What is the thing that is making you lose sleep? They say, Christmas, I don't have this, I don't have, I, I don't have that. What you don't have does not stop you from what God has purposed for you. No, it doesn't. It didn't stop Christmas. They didn't have many things. You know, Bible scholars will tell us when it was even time to dedicate Jesus, you know, that it was two pairs of turtle dove that they used. Why? Because that was the sacrifice that was allowed for the poor. The normal people would bring a lamb, but the poor poor would bring, you know, two pairs, which means the man will go outside and set traps. Anyhow, you will catch pigeon. That's the son of God. But today, people are made to imagine that if God doesn't prosper you, God is failing in your life. Who told you that? Some people are teaching that the gospel needs prosperity to be preached. No, the gospel needs the anointing. It says, and the power of the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and you shall be witnesses for me. Praise the Lord. Now, when the need for money comes, God provides it. Do you know why the three wise men had to present gold, frankincense, and myrrh to our Lord Jesus? Because they needed to relocate to Egypt. And Joseph being a carpenter in Bethlehem, in Judah, cannot be a carpenter in Egypt. The carpentry standards in Egypt are different. So when Joseph went to Egypt, he had to live on the money he came with until it was time for him to return. So they sent him gold, enough for him to pay transport fare, enough for him to rent house without employment. Is somebody hearing me? Because, you know, people read this Bible. And it's amazing what they bring out from this Bible. And I read it and I'm wondering, but this is what it said. You know, look at the way that verse 7 goes. It says, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. This actually looked like style until they told us the because. Isn't it? It looked intentional until they told us why he was laid in a manger. It was as if this was the plan all the while. But they said if they really found room, they would have chosen it. Praise God, somebody. Because there was no room for them in the inn. Okay, the story goes on. It says, now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And this is the message the angel brought to them. He said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to how many people? All people. Now, what you have here is God's intention. That the birth of Jesus will be to all people. But there are so many intentions in the heart of God that are not fulfilled. John 3, 16, what does it say? Can you put it for us, please? John 3, 16, 17, and 8. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son, 
He gave his begotten son for the whole world. But what is the uh, listen that whoever believes in him to believe in him is in labor? The word believe, we taught us here, the word believe can be replaced with so many things. It can mean to receive. If I give you a gift now, is it labor to receive it? Okay? So, the word believe can be replaced with the word receive. It can be replaced with the word accept. It can be replaced with the word trust. So, it's the simplest thing anybody can do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? But are people perishing? Dad told us when he came that the largest construction site in the whole, uh, you know, creation is in hell. Hell is enlarging its borders, whereas there's provision that heaven will what? Be overflowing. Because God's intention is not compelled on us. You know, I've said it here and I keep, you know, wishing it were not that way. The Bible makes us understand Genesis 1.26 And God said let us make man in our image And according to our likeness Because God did not make us like animals Because God did not make us like robots We are not you know, some uh, robocop or something like that God must allow you to make your decision That's my problem Because many times I don't make the right decision That's your problem because many times you don't make the right decision. Okay? So the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, as announced by the angel, was to bring joy to how many people? All people. But if you remember the account in Matthew, when Herod heard, you know, from the wise men that the king of the Jews has been born, what happened? He was troubled. How many people were troubled with him? All Jerusalem. Everybody was troubled. But the angel is saying the birth of Jesus should bring joy. But it was bringing trouble. And I want to jump myself. Because the verse 14 of this passage. Please can you put this verse 14 in uh, any of the NLT easy to read version. Amplified any other translation. You're going to see something in that verse 14. Luke 2.14. You see the more accurate um, uh, record of that verse. It says glory to God in highest heaven. And peace on earth. How? To those with whom God is pleased. It is glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. This is the truth. This is the correct you know, representation of that verse. It's not compelled. God had his way and didn't make us as God. Then it can be peace on earth to every man. But it's not peace on earth to every man. Judas was a disciple. Right? Judas ate the miracle loaves. Judas, you know, saw Jesus walk on water. Judas saw Lazarus raised from the dead. Judas knew that this man is not normal. Praise God. And when Judas sat on his bed, you know, and calculated, what's the best thing I can gain from this man? It was 30 shekels of silver. Which part of the country do you think he's from? People who sell their mother, their father. I think that's the whole of the country for money. Did you think about what you read? Judas knew that when Peter wanted to pay tax and didn't have the money, Jesus said to him, go cast in the hook, the first fish. So, you know, if Judas had a pressing need, accommodation need, Jesus could have made provision. Why would he zero in to say, I betray him? And I get 30 pieces of silver. Let me hear you say, man, that's what we are. We are often unbelievably, incredibly stupid. So that 14 says, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Jesus is to bring joy to the whole world. But the whole world doesn't receive him as joy. In many schools in the West, in their libraries, you can write books on any topic you want to write. You can write, you know, some crazy things that we shouldn't even mention here. But if you write any book that mentions Jesus and teaches the good things about Jesus, they will say it's offensive. They don't want it. But they are giving five-year-olds assignment to go and ask, you know, their fathers and mothers things that you, can't, you don't even want to hear. But once that name Jesus, in fact, you may have noticed this as well, that when you are speaking and you're saying God, 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 people actually don't mind. But when you mention Jesus, 
it gets very personal. You know why? Because there is no other name given under heaven by which men shall be saved. So people can mention God and say, we worship the same God. When people say that, tell them, yes, it's the same Jesus. Let's, so that they'll know that you're not just talking about because Jesus is God revealed to us. Jesus is the address of God on earth. So anybody calling God here that is not calling Jesus is not the same God we're talking about. Praise the Lord. So glory to God in the house. So Christmas, the birth of Jesus, is to bring peace to those with whom God is pleased. How do I justify and explain this thing that I'm saying? Because in Isaiah 48, please, Isaiah 48, 22, Isaiah 48, 22, the Bible is clear. When you have time, please, you can read actually that whole Isaiah 48. God was just, you know, having a conversation with the people. And the conclusion, this was the last part of the chapter. This is what he said. Can you read what he said for me? There is what? There is no peace, says the Lord, for who? For the wicked. Hallelujah. Now, I want to believe that most of us here are born again. But you have been in a situation where you're not born again. And you're bad and you're wicked, okay? Anybody except some very uncommon ones who enters into an exam hall with bullet. Hmm? If the invigilator doesn't even talk to him, by the time the invigilator stands and just smiles at him, what is he going to feel? Trepidation. If you're driving a vehicle, let me use Nigeria because we understand it, and your papers are not complete, and you have a friend who works in VIO, and he waves to you from the car, the moment you see a VIO person waving hands at you, what do you feel? Fear, because your documents are not complete. There is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. There is no peace. Now, let me tell you, somebody, I want to answer a question somebody came into church with this month. Do you know why it's as though religion is so prosperous in Africa, in Nigeria in particular? Do you know why? Why religion is so popular now in Nigeria and in Africa without corresponding change in moral conduct in Africa is because the masters of religion in Africa or Nigeria, they have mastered delivering peace to the wicked. Did you hear me? They have mastered a way of making the wicked have a semblance of peace. That's why it's prospering. So I don't want to mention names. There are people that if I mention their names now, you will know. Even if he gave you money last night, you will know he's a crook, nothing good in him. But do you know he did those Thanksgiving? He did one recently. Eh? And then whatever they do, they will come to a church where this God is supposed to be worshipped. And they say they give glory to... Because the wicked has a commodity he cannot buy. And the only place where they can find that commodity is from God. Now, when a representative of God sells out and is no longer listening and afraid of God, they try to present to the wicked a semblance of peace. So they keep getting more of those people, more of those people. Inside of them, there is an unease. They know that this is not right. But the man keeps assuring them. And is praying that their enemies will die, that those who are against them will fall, that those who don't want them to prosper, this will happen to them. It's the work that many people are doing. Praise God. Now, I'm going to show you a scripture so you understand what we're talking about. Ezekiel 13, please, verse 22. So, if I, God forbid, but if I decide all of a sudden to make sure that when you come in here as a fornicator, as an adulterer, you know, as a thief, government money and all of that, and I preach in a way that you feel accepted, you feel good, you feel welcome, you know what is going to happen? They're going to tell their friends, you know, come, let's go somewhere. The man is a good man. I don't want to be a good man to a wicked person. What I should be to a wicked person is a terror. You don't want a judge that is good to the wicked. You want a judge that is good to the righteous. Let's read together, everybody. Because with lies, you have made the heart of the righteous whom I have not made sad. And what have you done? You have strengthened the hands of the wicked. 
so that he does not turn from his wicked way to save his life. Any environment people gather and they live not determining based on what they had to change their life for good is evil. It's unfair to the people. Even if they didn't want, help them, plead with them. Praise God. You cannot, you know, our people say that you don't be in the river and then soap will enter your eyes. How can you come to Christ who was born to wash sins away and then your sins will remain? Because you don't know, you don't acknowledge, you don't confess. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. God is good. Do you understand? God is good. God is merciful. No matter what anybody has done, all he needs to do is say, call upon the name of the Lord. And what will happen? He shall be saved. But how shall they call if they are made comfortable in where they are? That's the challenge. How shall they call? If the man comes in here as an adulterer, thief, fornicator, you know, he has stolen billions, and then I bring him to the front seat, and then I make him feel that he's the best thing that happened in church today. I'll preach, 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 and then we honor him. Then preach, 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 and then we honor him. And then all the other people, he looks around and knows that, you know, all these people, the, the pastor didn't recognize them. Nobody took note of them. What's he going to go out thinking? He's going to add more feathers. That's what it is. So, Christmas is supposed to be good news to all, but it cannot be good news to the wicked unless the wicked turns. So, it says, men, uh, uh, on earth, peace to men of goodwill. That's how some translations say. To men who please God. To men who, you know, that God has found pleasing to him. Can you put amplified for us, please? Thank you. Okay, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among men with whom he is what? Well pleased. Men of goodwill, men of his favor. Can you see another thing? The men of his favor are not men, you know, that God is partial to. That's another thing that we have to disabuse our mind. The Bible makes it clear that there is no partiality with God. Have you read that in your Bible? There is no partiality with God. So how come some people are made to believe because they attend, uh, you know, uh, Mecca or Shiloh or one place or the other? Their own case is different. No, God is not partial to anybody. Hallelujah. Even the lady justice that we have is blindfolded, isn't it? Even though these are lady justice, there is a little hole here. And she sees dollars. <laughs> she sees dollars. If you bring dollars, she will ask you which side is your own. Men of his favor. And how does his favor come? Simple. Please him. Please him. And you know, sometimes we really push ourselves too high. We push ourselves to a, you know unreasonable point. You are a human being. How can you consistently show favor to someone who is consistently making you displeased? Is it possible? So how can you say God is doing that? How can you say God is doing that? Because somebody is telling you, because you came, because you have my sticker, because you, you know, worshipped here, because this happened, you know. They, no, no. The God we serve is a living God. Hallelujah. He's a living God. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's with you. He's there. He knows the meditations of your heart. He knows the, you know, the contriteness of your heart. He says, a, a broken and a contrite heart, I will not what? Despise. So he knows when a man beats his chest and says, I want to change. Mercy immediately reaches for the man. That's who he is. But that a man, a person does not change, and then you're telling him God's favor is on him. I will be a liar if I do so. And God forbid. Somebody say, God forbid. So that's what we pick from this story. And, you know, important one again, verse 11 of our text. This, For there is born to you this day in the city of David um, a banker. A what? You know, the Bible made sure that there is no confusion to a lot of things that we are confused about. The people that Jesus came to at this point, he came to save them. In one of the accounts, you know, they told uh, uh, Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall do what? Save his people from what? From their sins. And I want to use this to touch an area that is very important here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me of that. Our brother Johnson was ministering at the lunch house Okay, our brother was ministering and he was passionately speaking to us about the, the problem that is in the time now, about a lot of people, you know, who were Christians before, who are turning atheists. Anybody, you know, knows that 
A lot of people who are saying they are no longer, you know, Christians, some people actually are saying they are going back to traditional religion and all of that. Have you, anybody here aware of that? And I actually read one man who was saying how he had been, you know, a Catholic and then, unquote, had, you know, become member of a living church, unquote, and that in this living church he was so active that he built the cathedral and all of that, built the church, and then he even became a, a major listening in full gospel businessman and all of that. The long and short is that this man was trying to prove to the people who were telling him that he didn't know what he was saying, that he has been there and done that, and that he's making a choice consciously now, you know, to turn back, okay? And um, I am not gifted to respond to people on um, social media, so I'm hoping that I'll find a way to talk with him. But when I read that, the question that I would have wanted to ask him is this. You see, if I wake up tomorrow, God forbid, and nothing good happens to me, God forbid, nothing that you call good, and all my expectations, God forbid, none of them are coming to pass, and I come and tell you that I'm no longer believing in this God, you see, know that I have gone back in time and seen that the sin that I was washed from eh, was not a sin then. Listen, nobody who has had the weight of sin taken off of him can want to go back there. The problem is that many never got born again. They joined church. Ah, I, I was telling you that there is no peace for the wicked. I know what it means to be a wicked man. I've been in flights that wanted to crash and I could not open my mouth and ask God to save me because I knew I was wicked. God does not hear the wicked. Praise God. Now, if I'm in a flight, no matter what is happening in the flight, if not for love for my wife, I sleep in the turbulence. It doesn't disturb me. You know why? Because I know there is peace with my maker. Now, how do I turn back from that peace and enter pieces? Who is going to receive me on the other side? Is somebody getting what I'm talking about? The people who are going back, they never went forward. Nobody can have an encounter with Jesus, the Savior. They had an encounter with Jesus, the prosperer. They may have had an encounter with Jesus, the healer. They may have had an encounter with Jesus, the one that gives the SUVs. The Jesus that takes you from Kekenapep to Kerio, Kerio to Prada Jeep, you know. He, they may have had an encounter with such a Jesus, but nobody encounters the Savior. Do you know what it means to remove the power of sin, the guilt of sin from a man? That man can never turn back. Impossible. When your sins are forgiven and you know. That's why the Apostle Paul could say, if only in this world we have hope in Christ. He said we of all men what? The most miserable. You must understand it. Jesus is primarily a savior. To you is born this day in the city of David. Who? A savior. What is he saving us from? He's not saving us from Roman rule. The disciples had this misunderstanding. So it's not strange. Because remember at Acts of the Apostles. You know, remember after he had died and resurrected. What question did the disciples ask him? Will he at this time now give us Roman government? Let's take over. You will be Caesar. I'll be uh, this. That's what they were thinking. They were still thinking on the dimension of, you know, government deliverance. So it's not strange that many today, when they see Jesus, they see him primarily as a Jesus that provides visa. A Jesus that gives husband. So I have a program and people will be asked to bring pictures of husbands to the program. God forbid. That's what Jesus came for. Is there no shrine in your village to take people's pictures? That you will come to God and bring him a picture of a man so that I can prophesy and the man will marry you. That's what this Jesus was born for. I tell you, raise your wallet. Then I prophesy. To you is born this day in the city of David. What? A savior who saves from sins. 
the reason people are turning atheists and to traditional religion and to many things today is that they were never saved from listen to me brothers a guilty man no matter how you pronounce him innocent knows he's guilty if you have sand in your shoes until you remove it there is no peace for you praise god so he's born a savior that's who he is now he's god that originally don't forget that everything in this world and i mean everything in this world was created by who by god the beautiful things god made them the garden of eden was not satan that designed it god is the author of beauty he said he gives us all things what richly to enjoy but that's not the purpose he came before he came they were there after he has come there there will be many who mock christ who will have those things because that's not his primary purpose praise god so at the garden he made the garden beautiful he told us about gold and everything and he put all of that there and put man and said to man this is the basis of my relationship when man fell god did not uproot the garden the gold was still there but what did god take away god took away his fellowship so a christian is somebody at some point in his life becomes friends with god becomes reconciled with god he becomes somebody who christ this christmas we are talking about happens in his heart emmanuel god in me then i say i'm turning back from the god in me do you know what will come in the moment the spirit of god departed from Saul, which spirit came that's what it's about so when people say that just know they never met the savior they met the blesser because that man said how you know he did a lot of things i said lord have mercy open his eyes praise god i want to wind up with this reminder you know i would not be very responsible if i don't bring this to your notice every time it's christmas the spirit of god you know compels me you know to share with you that christmas is old in the sense that when this christmas happened the bible told us the people who we are aware it says behold there was one simeon right and then in that same chapter they said and then one anna two people who were expecting christmas simeon said now i can depart in peace for my eyes have seen the lost christ anna herself had been fasting and praying praise god so that we are here 2000 years ago wearing red and doing christmas decoration is nothing no because when people would have been you know when people would have been jadike for celebrating christmas when people would have been um, celebrated or when people would have been held for celebrating christmas was 2000 years ago because then only those who were in tune with heaven knew that it was christmas now we are celebrating christmas now china is celebrating everybody macy's nostrum all the shops alaba idumota everybody do you understand you know why because this is old in the agenda of god the same thing when the resurrection took place the death and resurrection jesus also told them i don't have the time to give you the bible references i want to try you know round up jesus told them the son of man is going to be betrayed he's going to be killed he's going to be buried he's going to rise on the third day did he tell them he told them when he was betrayed and killed and buried how many of them say yes he told me did they say that they were confused it took a few of them it took mary who the bible said jesus said concerning her she has done this for my what burial it took a mary who had divine insight into the agenda of god it took also the same mary at the resurrection to go back and stand there and know that this story is not over the rest of the disciples were in different places hiding themselves the people that should have been held in that story you know them there are mary and a few other people not even the disciples god brought them in he's a merciful god so that happened and men still did not catch up after his resurrection the angel told them this jesus you see going up like this what did he say to him? he said in the same manner you're going to see him coming down that's the second coming brothers and sisters if you and i 
sing beautiful songs, wear nice clothes like I'm trying to wear, and do all those things for Christmas, and we are not constantly looking for his second coming. We are unwise. The wise people today are not posing with Christmas. They are getting ready for the trumpet. The trumpet is going to sound. Where is he going to find you? On the bed of adultery? Or is he going to find you? Serving the Lord. Doing good like we've been learning. Seeking the kingdom. Pursuing righteousness. Let's bow our heads. Because the mercy of God is here. Somebody is going to live here ready for the second coming. That's where the deal is. As an unbeliever, I didn't like to be out of, you know, I don't know whether to use the word out of fashion. But in the days that we played worldly music, you know how you go for the latest release and latest that and latest that and latest clothes and latest that. Now, why will I now become a Christian and be the type of Christian that will come to church on Sunday and hear that rapture happened on Saturday? God forbid. I want to speak to someone here. This Christmas is the Christmas that the fire lights up in you. That you become a current Christian. A correct Christian. We call it guy man. Where you become a guy man in church. Where you become the one that is like Simeon. Where you become the babe like, that is like Anna. Where you become the sister that is like Mary. Where you are current. You are in tune with what God is doing. You can sense the move of the spirit. You can sense that something is about to happen. I don't have time, you know, to share with you some of the things that are clear, you know, in the time that we live in. It says there's going to be a falling away. So somebody telling me that many people are turning to traditional religion, many people are turning atheists. It's telling me that this is what they said. They said there's going to be a falling away. So the Christian must be that one who, when he sees these things happening, is pushing himself. The Bible says, since the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been preached. And men are not strolling in. They are pressing in, sir. Fuel scarcity, fuel price, dollar price, hardship will make people want. The natural response will be to drop back in your faith. But when you're sensitive, you know that this, there is no turning back. This is the time to push on. This is the time like those five wise virgins to keep your lamb trimmed, to keep your fire burning. So I want to pray for somebody on this Christmas day. You may never have understood this today, but Jesus is saying, I can make Christmas real to you today. I want to pray for you anywhere you are. Can you raise your hands so I can pray with you, please? Jesus is coming to make a change. Joy to the world. Joy, joy, joy. The peace of Christmas is to men whom God is pleased. And whosoever accepts Christ is the one that Jesus will introduce the Father. Say, behold my brother, behold my sister. Is Jesus Lord in your life? Is he Lord in your home? Is he Lord in your heart? You may have done it before, but you didn't understand it. The mercy of God is here to save. He's here to deliver. He's here to wash sins away. He's here to write somebody's name in the book of life. Father, we thank you. The rest of us, can we rise? You know, hallelujah. I have so many things, but my, my time is gone. And I just sense the Spirit of God, you know, saying to the church, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. You know, and in the past few weeks, I think even from the carol, I was talking to people, you know, trying to say to us, let's not mistake earth for heaven. Praise God. Okay, just permit me this. Second Corinthians 4, verse um, 17. Let's not mistake earth for heaven. What does it say? It says, for our, for our what? For our what? Help me tell somebody who you suspect is being weighed down. That is a light affliction. Whatever it is on this side. Is a light affliction. He said it is a moment. Compared to eternity. Christmas is eternity burst into time. So that those of us creatures of time. Can escape into eternity. Are you getting me? 
Christmas is eternity pierced into time. Trapped in the womb for nine months. Lived for 33 years. So that you and I, our story will not end after 100 years. So the apostle Paul says, tell them that these light afflictions is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If I believe Christmas happened, then I must change my eyes, the eyes with which I look at life here, and know that whatever I go through in the path of righteousness is working for me. Child of God, it is working for you. The greatest demonstration of love that God can love you is not an 11th hour miracle. It's Jesus' miracle. And he that did not withhold his son Jesus, no good thing. You can accomplish that purpose. I want you to begin to pray. Lord, in all that is happening, may I fulfill purpose. Let nothing be able to distract me. No room in the end, let it not distract me. No wife, no husband, no money, no car, no rice, no tomato, no phone for Christmas, no weave on. Let it not distract me. Let nothing distract me. Lord, you have called me. <laughs> I will run this race. Nobody, nothing, no circumstance, no situation, no infirmity. Hallelujah. I said no infirmity nothing will stop you you will fulfill purpose i want you to declare that whatever you need god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted he will send it to you are you seeking the body the strength you need to accomplish your purpose will manifest over that sickness and it will become a testimony is it financial you need it for the work it will come but let nothing stop you sir my dear sister let nothing stop you no loneliness the lonely person is the person in hell nobody in heaven is lonely the bible said joseph was in prison and god was with him the only place god is not with men is in hell anywhere you are on this side of eternity god emmanuel is with you so don't say to me pastor i'm lonely you're not lonely god is with you god is for you god is on your side he's thinking about you he's full of thoughts for you you are his beloved he's singing songs over you my husband did this god loves you your wife did this god loves you whatever it is jesus is here saying to you i love you you are the reason i came god bless you thank you You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.